This is Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. Since 2006, Southwest Florida's professional opera company, Opera Naples, has been delighting and dazzling audiences with internationally acclaimed artists delivering world-class opera performances. Now the community-based nonprofit opera company is welcoming new leadership with the recent appointment of longtime arts professional Laura Burns as its new executive director. While Burns' new role is no doubt an enviable one, it could not have come at a more challenging time. Her first official day on the job was October 3rd, just days after Southwest Florida was struck by Hurricane Ian. Opera Naples' performance home, the Wang Opera Center in South Naples, sustained significant damage from the hurricane. Storm surge brought two to three feet of water inundation into the facility, but crews are hard at work to minimize the impact and repair the damage. These setbacks have forced Opera Naples to modify plans somewhat, but patrons can still confidently look forward to a robust performance season ahead with Laura Burns at the helm. She's a lifelong arts participant with at least a quarter century of experience under her belt as an executive and advocate of the arts. She previously served as executive director of the United Arts Council of Collier County, where she led many efforts aimed at advancing public art planning. She also served as the official representative on behalf of Collier County's involvement in the Americans for the Arts survey, which has become an extremely valuable tool for arts and culture organizations all over the country by highlighting the immense economic value arts organizations add to their communities and helping them to garner funding and support. Burns also launched the Naples Uptown Art Festival, which brings in thousands of people each year to the Naples Design District. She also served in an advisory capacity to both Collier County and the City of Naples, heading the Collier County Arts and Culture Strategic Plan. Burns has also served as chairwoman of the Public Art Advisory Committee for the City of Naples, an ad hoc art committee member at Bayshore Community Redevelopment Association in Naples, and she was the founding president and director of the Naples Design District. Burns' skills in arts administration previously took her to New Zealand, where she served as operations manager and CEO at Creative Northland, which works to support and develop the arts and culture sector of the Northland region. I can't wait to hear more about that experience. And now, during the same week as World Opera Day and ahead of Opera Naples' upcoming fundraising concert event, Ole, a celebration of Spanish song on November 7th. Laura Burns joins us on Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, John. Thank you so much for having me today. And to engage with us and your fellow listeners about this conversation or any of our shows, find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. On Twitter, we're at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. So we'll get into what's happening with the Wang Opera Center in just a moment, but I'd like to begin the same way so many conversations are starting these days, just by asking how you're doing. I'm hoping you and yours made it through Hurricane Ian as unscathed as possible. Yes. You know, I am so grateful to say that personally, relatively unscathed, nothing at all to worry about of substance, which is really good so that I can focus on Opera Naples. I couldn't imagine having to go through the process, both personally and professionally, of rebuilding. I think it's just a tremendous amount of stress and strain, and I really feel for all the folks who are having to do that. As I mentioned in my introduction, you you took over as director of Opera Naples just days after the hurricane. Had you even had a chance to like move into your new office before Ian struck, or did you basically just like walk into a space with no walls? <laughs> I'm trying to imagine. <laughs> I walked. I walked into a space with volunteers hard at work pulling out soaked carpet 
and assessing what professional services we were going to need to start ripping everything out. So I have yet to set foot in the building to work in administrative capacity. I am full on project management for mitigation and rebuild. Yeah, totally different uh, skill set there, but uh, you know, <laughs> glad you glad you were there at the helm. The Wang Opera Center, of course, dealt a blow with the flood inundation. How severe is the flood damage, and and did the facility sustain any other damage as well? You know, perhaps from those 155 mile per hour winds. So I'm happy to say that the building did not sustain damage from the winds, which is excellent. And sad to say, the inundation of water really just devastated the facility. The flooring is all out in the theater. Our seating components will need to be replaced because of the saltwater incursion and the wells. So that's making it problematic. Really, everything from... 36 inches and below has been ripped out and will need to be replaced, including a lot of our props that were stored on the ground level. Thankfully, our costuming is good. That was stored upstairs, but there is a lot of work to be done. On the uh, upside or silver lining, we can work to improve the Wang Opera Center and how it functions and see if we can make some improvements so that if and when a flood happens again, we might be better prepared. Is it too soon to put a you know a dollar amount or, or a monetary range on the extent of the damages? I mean, what are we looking at? I can tell you they're going to be significant and well into the six figures, maybe seven. But I don't have a dollar amount set yet. Okay. And is there any kind of timeline for getting all the needed repairs and replacements completed that you're looking to meet? So we're hopeful working with uh, Heatherwood Construction and Morgan Builders and our dedicated team that we can get the shell redone so that we can start utilizing the space for rehearsals and that type of thing as soon as possible. But I'm not sure when that'll be when you consider we had problems with supply chains before the storm took place. And now everyone in this region needs construction and rebuild and equipment. And so I suspect it'll be a little bit longer than we would like. Although hopefully by February we'll be in there practicing and rehearsing. I hope. All right, all right. And then at least, I'm guessing maybe a year for a total, like the total rebuild. In the meantime, are are you able to lean on the support of, you know, other arts organizations to, you know, just, just provide a physical venue? We have been lucky that we are able to, um, partner like with Olay with the Naples players if we are able to go down to Marco Island we have great partners at the Marco Island Center for the Arts and the Marco Theater down there and thankfully our season with Grand Opera Romeo and Juliet there'll be no changes at this time because it's at Artist Naples and Festival Under the Stars is outside at Cambier Park so those will move forward as planned We're looking for a new venue for performance for HMS Pinafore, but we do have community partners near Artist Naples for our rehearsals for that production. So we are working as best we can with our community to find spaces. We aren't the only ones that need it. 
Right, right. Well, and you had touched on this a little bit earlier in the conversation, but for organizations like Opera Naples, the support of your volunteers is critical. Have there been a lot of folks coming out just to help lend a hand with the rehab? Every day that we are on site, folks come by to offer their help and support. And, you know, at the moment, it's not necessarily ideal to have volunteers on site, but we are gathering their information so that when we're ready, we are able to call upon them for help. Gotcha. And, and you know, even with the challenges you're facing, Opera Naples is among the local arts organizations that have been joining forces with other entities on relief efforts for helping those who were impacted. Can you tell me about those efforts? Yeah, so we partnered with Jackie Key and New Hope Ministries to do a relief fund, hurricane relief event, actually, that took place this past Saturday at the Wang Opera Center. And I'll tell you, between New Hope Ministries and our own opera supporters, the amount of contributions and donations made and even cots and blankets from Collier County government to give away on Saturday was tremendous. We opened the doors, well, not the doors, but the driveway. And within about 45 minutes, the community had come and cleared out everything we had to offer. There's such a tremendous need there. And even still forging ahead. I mean, November 7th is not that far away and you've got this uh, fundraiser coming up. Can you tell me a little bit about what, you know, folks who come out can expect and what they can look forward to? Sure. So we're going to have our Spanish flair with Olay at the Toby Theater and in the lobby of the Naples Players. We are looking forward to live music and entertainment, as well as a short movie clip that talks about the damage that the Wang Center has sustained and our path forward and supporting that with our recovery campaign, as well as supporting our organization with our ticket sales and season participation. So we're looking forward to that. There'll be food and beverages and entertainment. And we hope to, while making a point that we need help, also have the opportunity to enjoy each other's company and have a little bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. Laura, is there anything in the upcoming season that you're just particularly excited about? Like, I can just tell you personally, HMS Pinafore, that music, those lyrics is just forever burned in my brain. I, I got to perform in that in middle school. It was not a very impressive production, but I can't wait to see it in a professional <laughs> setting. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> the connections always means so much, right? That's why I love arts and culture. I'm particularly looking forward to Romeo and Juliet at Artists. I've not seen a full production there in opera, so I'm looking forward to that personally. Wonderful, wonderful. Is there any potential of bringing back the Mozart one-act comedies, like like sometime next spring, perhaps? Because I know that that was something that unfortunately we just had to lose. We are actively discussing how we can reconfigure those performances. We're not sure what it's going to look like yet, but the chances of it being rescheduled are pretty good. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Well, if you're just joining the show, we're speaking with Laura Burns. She's the new executive director of Opera Naples, and her first official day on the job was just days after Hurricane Ian. If you would like to comment on our conversation or engage with fellow listeners, again, you can find us on Facebook at WGCU Public Media and on Twitter at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. So Opera Naples is is no stranger to bringing more intimate performances into spaces like homes or country clubs. Do you think Ian's impacts might mean more of that sort of performance activity this season? I think you'll find that we are looking to our roots. So yes, we will be performing more in community settings, be it private and public. Wonderful. And, you know, educational outreach is also this integral part of the work and mission of Opera Naples. There's the outreach that you do with Lee and Collier Schools, the Arts and Residence Program for Emerging Opera Singers, and of course, Opera Naples Academy. Uh, Will these endeavors be able to forge ahead? We are forging ahead. I'm so happy to say that. Our team is looking for um, additional spaces and housing for resident artists. But our intention is to move straight ahead with these wonderful programs. Excellent. Well, I'd like to switch gears just a bit and and maybe learn more about you. You earned your undergraduate degree from the Savannah College of Art and Design. Back then, was the goal always to get into arts administration? How did you get on that track specifically? (laughs) So I have an undergraduate degree in painting art history. I used to earn my living as a practicing artist in exhibitions and commissions, and then I switched fields into faux finishing, muraling, and that type of thing, which afforded me to travel all over the country, and I loved doing that. Um, As far as arts administration goes, my very first job out of SCAD was exhibition officer at an art museum in New Zealand. So I did a lot of the coordinating and the foundation building of the program because I was the inaugural exhibition officer. The museum was brand new. And I realized at that time I was good with working with city council and budgeting and coordinating, but it wasn't something that I was particularly interested in doing right out of school. I wanted to be the creator, not the coordinator. So, you know, I went through, geez, I think... 15, 20 years of performing work uh, and painting. And then as life grows and changes, I had family and traveling wasn't necessarily ideal. Started a small family company and worked at administration with that and helped found a program for individuals with severe and profound disabilities with art as freedom of expression versus therapy. And working at the Hattie Larlam Foundation in the Creative Arts Program really is what cemented me in pursuing arts administration as a career. I really enjoyed being able to build the commonalities between us in our communities and creating that space for conversation and education through art. And at that time, I was like, man, I want to make sure I have more tools in my toolbox to do a better job, which is why I pursued my master's degree in arts administration and nonprofit management at the University of Akron. So I did that night school while I was working full time for Hattie Larlam. 
Wow, wow. You know, do, do you think the nature of the work you do requires a, a somewhat unique skill set? And by that, I mean, you know, just as you've been talking about, you're, you're kind of constantly straddling this line between the creative right brain and the, the pragmatic left brain, so to speak. I think it is tremendously helpful in being an administrator and running arts-based businesses to have an understanding of the creative process. I can help communicate the needs of the creative sector to the investment sector, if you will, so that we are on the same page. Because a lot of times it's hard to be the creator and then also the business manager and the finance director and all of those things. And I truly enjoy being able to bridge that gap. And I know when I was a practicing artist in the creative side, I needed to take time away and days, if not weeks, to get myself sorted out so that I could then handle the business side and work on the numbers and the sales and then switch back into I'm going to express myself and do the best that I can in that realm. And you had mentioned, you know, what brought you to New Zealand initially, and and I'm assuming that that job eventually led to your leadership role with Creative Northland. Um, (laughs) Had you always wanted to, to, you know, live abroad like that? I'm just curious about what brought you to New Zealand, you know, aside from just the job. Well, um, my my ex-husband is a Kiwi. We met in Savannah, Georgia while I was at SCAD, and that's how I ended up there in the 90s. And we came back to the United States, like, right after that and stayed in the Cleveland area for 18 years. So when I finished my master's degree, we had a list. I had a list of where I wanted to be with lifestyle that was good for family. And New Zealand was on the list, but I was interviewing all over the country and internationally for a new role. And this job at Creative Northland came up and I thought, well, heck, I might as well apply. I didn't think for a second they would hire me after, you know, because I was living in Cleveland, Ohio. And I was applying from there without any real capacity to show up and interview. And as it turns out, (laughs) I went through the process and they offered me the job. And I was shocked. Yeah, was it? And (laughs) happy. Was was there a bit of a learning curve, you know, not just navigating life in another country, but leading an organization as well? You know, it is, well, it is the same, but different culturally, right? right? You go and have your discussions over a cup of tea on a Friday. You always close the office early and have a gathering of your team and your friends. You close for five weeks over summer break so that you can reset and be the best that you can be when you go back. And while we all spoke the same language, culturally, there were just differences in how we communicate the American sensibility of, yep, we can change this and we're going to make it better versus this is how it's worked. This is how we want to keep it working. Let's just be slow and deliberate in our movements forward with change. So there were challenges, but I found it extraordinarily exciting and educational. And it made me 
even more entrenched in the belief that arts and culture just create that ability to communicate with one another and find things that we have in common. Yeah, and and you've certainly brought that to the Naples area. I mean, with all your your work and and you know really helping to sort of transform the landscape in the sense of having public art. Um, what brought you to the Naples area? Well, my brother moved to Naples in the late 80s and my mom came in the early 90s. So I've been visiting for many, many years. And I was always like, ah, I'm not moving to Florida. I'm definitely not moving to Naples. <laughs> but with my contract ended in New Zealand. My son really wanted to come home and be close to his grandmother. And I wanted to be closer to my family. So I decided to come to Naples. All right. All right. And, and, you know, bringing it back to Opera Naples, is this kind of a new adventure for you? I mean, as a performing arts organization, this seems like a bit of a departure from, from what you've done in the recent past. Is maybe that part of what attracted you to the job in the first place? It absolutely is part of what attracted me to the job. I mean, while I grew up in visual arts, I also had a lot of performing arts experience and was in ballet from the time I was three until I was 17 and I was competitive in ballet and I enjoyed the performing arts, but I never pursued that aspect as a career. And having worked in mostly visual arts and then in community arts organizations the last, oh, geez, 10, 15 years now, I really was interested in shifting my focus into one organization that provided high-level production in one art form. And I was, I still am looking forward to um, bringing the community together with one art form versus all art forms. And I am excited to use my skills in negotiation and collaboration and my international connections to uh, further the mission of Opera Naples and to bring some things to our area that maybe we haven't seen yet. Excellent. Well, on that note, you know, professional opera companies like Opera Naples kind of share a similar challenge that symphony orchestras face and that there may be this perception that it's, you know, somewhat, I don't want to say an elitist art form, but to the uninitiated, it might just seem intimidating and inaccessible, which is just so tragic because there's, so many potential opera lovers out there who just don't know it because they haven't given it a chance. Are there ways Opera Naples works to break down those kind of barriers or efforts you'd like to start taking up to bring in new audiences once you don't have to be a builder anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do work in that realm with our like school programming and bringing opera to schools during the school day and after school and also, we started building that um, that bridge through our festival under the stars with an outdoor setting that is not quite as formal as going into Artist Naples or a, a formal theater setting. And the idea is to enrich our community with like open houses and 
free and small performances once the Wang Opera Center is back up and running and even before then so that we can start to build um, exposure opportunities for those who are around us who might not have experienced opera yet or who might have an idea that it is a high art that they might not like. So we definitely have plans in the works to be more community involved so that they could experience this and try it out. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we are about out of time, but did you have any final thoughts you'd care to leave with our listeners? Um, perhaps another reminder about that upcoming fundraiser November 7th? Sure, we would love to see everyone at Olay, a celebration of Spanish music, November 7th from 5 to 6.30 at the Toby Theater and Naples Players, and also supporting Opera Naples through season ticket purchases and direct donations to help us rebuild after Hurricane Ian. Well, that is all the time we have, but I want to thank my guest. We've been speaking with the new executive director of Opera Naples, Laura Burns. Laura, thanks again so much for taking the time to share your insights with us. Thank you so much and take care. If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org slash gcl, or you can subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director is Richard Chenqui. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm John Davis. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida. Thank you.